Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, IDP Army. Ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. What is up? What is up, IDP Army? We are back. It's your man, Jordan Reigns. We have another episode of the IDP Army podcast. I'm joined today by Joe Herboth at Fantasy Joe on the Twitter sphere. Joe, how you doing? Doing pretty good, man. Excited to be here. Yes, sir. We have an awesome show today. We are going to be doing, I mean, it's that time of the year. We're going to be doing an early ranking show. We're going to be breaking down the top 12 defensive ends coming into this next season for IDP fantasy football, uh, defensive ends, defensive linemen. That's we do defensive linemen. Just quick you know, disclaimer. We do everything. We do most everything through sleeper designations. So there will be three, four outside linebackers in this group. Um, those are defensive linemen, playable players on most platforms. If you're not playing on sleeper, number one, fix that play on sleeper. Um, but yeah, so that's where our rankings will be going through, and we will start those soon. But Joe, uh, how's life, man? It's been a couple of days. Yeah, pretty good. Had the weekend off, so uh, got snuck in a little bit of golf. It, it was pretty, uh, pretty crappy weather here, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back at it and start another week. Yeah, it rained pretty much all week here, so it was not good. I thought about golfing today, but I'm sure it's all wet. So, um, in news, the, the jets did extend the tag to franchise tag or extend, did extend Marcus may. So he's going to be there this next year. He's one of the highest paid safeties. That's kind of weird to me, but if you remember last year, week one, he was the number one defensive back. So there's still gonna be some value there. I'm interested to see how Sala uses him. He's a guy that's probably a little low right now for me in the index that I'm going to bring up a little, but, um, and then I saw that the Texans signed Neville Hewitt. Hewitt's a little bit underrated linebacker, but right now the Texans have like 40 linebackers. So yeah. I, you know, Zach Cunningham. And then after that, I have really no idea what they're going to do. So um, I would say, I wouldn't say stay away from Hewitt. I would say monitor Hewitt. Any thoughts on that situation before we kind of dive into the rankings? If I had to take a stab, I would I would put it on Hewitt. I think uh, I mean they're they're basically Whitney Merciless doesn't exist now. I saw they restructured his contract. To, I don't I don't think we got to worry about him kind of mucking up the works. So yeah, if I had a guess, it would be uh, Hewitt. But yeah, it's it's a bit of a risky play there outside of Cunningham. Yep. All right. Well, y'all appreciate you being here. If you have any questions, anyone in the live stream, we'll try to get to those at the end. Make sure you like, subscribe, thumbs up. If you're on the uh, you know Apple podcast, give us a review. We've got a few nice reviews on there. We've got a lot of five-star reviews. We really appreciate that. It helps the show. Um, and yeah, we appreciate you, IDP Army, and we're going to get you to what you came here for. So Let's just quickly run them through our top 12. This is consensus. We each have our own top uh, 24, but we worked out the consensus for our top 12, and they are as follows. Top 12 early defensive linemen or defensive end rankings for this year. We have TJ Watt at one, Chase Young coming in at two, Nick Bosa at three, Miles Garrett four, DeForest Buckner five, Aaron Donald six, Joey Bosa seven, Montez Sweat eight, Brian Burns at nine, Zadarius Smith at 10, Daniil Hunter 11, and then Shaq Barrett, Shaquille Barrett coming in at 12. So 
this is our composite. Uh, we both have TJ Watt as the number one guy. Joe, what 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 about TJ Watt? You know, people know that I love TJ Watt. They hear me talk about him ad nauseum on this show. So, what about TJ Watt has really made him a player that you feel confident putting at your number one defensive lineman spot? Well, he's just consistent. I mean, he's a pretty much a top performer week in week out. He's I mean, 33 impact plays last year, which is a pretty damn high number. The year before, he had 36. Uh, and he's constantly disruptive behind the line. He's just a lot of fun to watch and a high motor, and he's still getting better, it seems. Um, so there's there's no one else really on IDP that I would take over TJ Watt, um, especially if you're, like you mentioned earlier, if we're playing the sleeper app, he gets that DL designation. So he's pretty much a cheat code. Um, compared to really Travis Kelsey of the uh, IDP side of football. Yeah, the points per game number that he's able to pull off is, you know, several over the next best defensive lineman. I believe last year, Miles Garrett was the second best defensive lineman in points per game. He had 16 and then TJ Watt had like 20 or 21 points per game. So that's not negligible. I mean, that's a huge gap in points per game from number one, to number two. Uh, so he's easily the number one guy. If your platform doesn't let you play TJ Watt as a defensive lineman or defensive end, uh, just go to sleeper because they're the best. They have him there as a defensive lineman or an edge player. And that's what he is. And you should get him like that. Um, like you said, 33 impact plays, 36 this last year. He actually went down in impact plays this year, went up in sacks. Um, you know, he's he's going to he's going to break the sack record this next year, I think. I mean, I'm just yep. being completely for real. He's and like you said, he's still getting better. It's only his third, fourth year in the league. Like he's still on his rookie contract, guys. And he's like the best defender in the NFL. So he's been snubbed two X for defensive player of the year, too, for. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. You all know about that, too. So, well, and, and 23 tackles for loss. That is insane. That's, you know, obviously more than one per game. And 41 quarterback hits. I mean, he is he's scary good. Yeah, 41 quarterback hits. Scary good. He's scary good. That's the best that's, way to describe it. That's two, that's like two and a half quarterback hits per game. Yeah. That and that's not pressures, you know, and that's those are actually converted to yet yeah, to hit. So he he's on another level. So TJ Watt, number one, easily for us. Let's go to our number two guy for our con- con- consensus list. We have Chase Young. Um, you know, everyone knows about Chase Young. He came in last year, set the league on fire. The Washington football team made it to the playoffs after a very uh, tumultuous season, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Um, and he's, you know, on a line that's full of disruptive guys. Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago on another show, Jonathan Allen, their leading sack leader from the previous year, Matt Ioannidis, wasn't even able to play this year, Ryan Kerrigan. So what about Chase Young? for you has given you the confidence to put him at your, you know, up or up here in our rankings. I think what do you have Matt? You have him. Yeah. You have him as your number two. I actually have Nick Bosa ahead of him still, but what about Chase Young uh, gave him the edge over Bosa for you? Uh, I just like the, the energy the guy has. He has a a super high motor. I mean, he kind of played 770 snaps this year, which is kind of, kind of on the low end. Um, He did miss one game. So that, that's kind of what, you know, did that, but he scored 197 points. Uh, Nick Bosa scored 216 his rookie year, so he was just right behind him. And really, I just like what the Redskins have there um, with Montez Sweat on the other side and Darren Payne in the middle. Um, I think Chase Young's in a great spot to continue to build off of his rookie year, which was already a top, you know, five defensive lineman season. So I, I think he's just going to continue to build on that. He's, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. He's an exciting player, and uh, I, I think he, especially with the addition to uh, the 17 weeks, I think he he's a guy that can put some serious sack poles up this coming year, especially playing in the NFC East. I mean, he's got some prime candidates there to you know get in the backfield and, and take down with Daniel Jones and Jalen. Yeah, Daniel mean, Jones. He, he's got he's got probably six sacks just in those you know two quarterbacks right there. Two games, yeah. Three fumbles. <laughs> yeah, three fumbles at least. He forced four fumbles as a rookie, four pass deflections. <clears throat> like you said, 700 snaps, that's a lot. Or, you know, there's a little bit more you could have. That's pretty high for a defensive end, though. But he had 10 tackles for loss, which is not a massive number. Uh, Montez Sweat, who played about 100 less snaps than him, had 12. So 
Montez, or so for Chase Young to finish as high as he did this last year, he was a top 10, uh, or he was a top 15 defensive lineman finisher. Let me see here. I have that right here. Here we go. He finished as defensive lineman 15. He played about 80, 80 less snaps than uh, Montez, or 80 more snaps. But it's, it's crazy. You know, he was able to put himself in the top 15 as a rookie. And like you said, he missed games. And he did have a little bit of an injury part of the year. So, yeah, I like him there. I think there is definitely upside on the bone. I think this last year, honestly, is kind of what we could look at for him as a baseline, you know, which is saying a lot. But, I mean, he came out as a rookie. He had the impact plays 22. He had, you know, he didn't have an, an obnoxious amount of sacks. So you can't really say he's going to regress in his sacks. I mean, he only had seven and a half. So he's he's got a lot of room to go up, which is what you like to see for a guy as a rookie coming out. So, yeah, I think <clears throat> two is a good spot. That's where he is in our consensus. Uh, let's move on to number three. Number three for uh, our consensus. Number two for me is Nick Bosa. Um, you know, with him. It's it's the it's kind of a similar story with Montez or not Montez Sweat with Chase Young. We all know who he was coming out. His brother Joey Bosa had already been in the league for a little while, and he 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 delivered. You know, as a rookie, two pass deflections, not as many as as Chase Young, only one forced fumble. Okay, but he did have sixteen tackles for loss. That's plenty right there. Almost pushed up into that fifty at combined tackles. He had forty seven, which um was more than Chase Young had. He had 44, uh, and he had more sacks. He had not, uh, nine sacks. Uh, was it nine, nine and a half. Nine is a rookie. So we know that he can he can finish his sacks. We know that he can get behind the line of scrimmage and produce with those tackles for loss, like he said. And, you know, his, his tackle floor is pretty damn high for a defensive lineman. I've talked about this a week or two ago. Uh, 50 for me is kind of the threshold for a guy. It was when we were talking about DeForest Buckner, actually. 50 is like that threshold for me where I feel confident playing a guy weekly knowing that if the sack doesn't come you know if he can get two and a half three tackles that's gonna be about what most defensive linemen get this week so i I can i can manage that yeah and i mean with bosa too in his rookie year if you watch like he kept getting better i mean he he did develop as the season went and after the halfway point of the year is really when he started showing up and uh he he's he's got a lot of tools and I, i could see him being a top five defensive lineman for for a decade yeah it's crazy you look back uh i got this graphic pulled up here but you know 2019 nick bosa and max crosby were both top 10 finishers in tackles for loss you know rookies that that's kind of wild to think about honestly yeah but that just shows you the kind of numbers that he was able to do just coming out now we did see him playing with deforest buckner that year deforest buckner has since moved on who we are going to be talking about very, very soon because we are both very high on DeForest Buckner. But let's go ahead and move on down the list to uh, Miles Garrett. So this is probably the – coming into last year, he was pretty much everybody's number one overall defensive line player, defensive end, he or Daniel Hunter. Um, I'm cooling on Miles Garrett a little bit just from a narrative standpoint, but I still – you know, he's still a he's still a tier one defensive lineman. But there, I do have some questions about how he produces. That's why he's a little bit lower, I think, in both of our rankings, honestly, coming in for me as my defensive lineman four, and also for you as defensive lineman four, defensive end four. Why do you put Miles Garrett behind these other guys we mentioned? Um, and I'll kind of explain to you why I have done that as well. Well, uh, I'd like to see his tackle floor kind of get a little higher. He did have a career high in tackles last year, 48. Um, but I, I would just like to see him, you know, that number bump up a little bit for him to be in that elite, you know, top, which he already is top five, but to to press up to Bosa, Chase Young. I'd like to see more tackles out of him. Um, but he is a, you know, he is still a star. He had 12 tackles for loss. You know, that that's kind of, you know, that's okay, but would also like to see him get behind the line more and, and actually finish the tackle. Um, but 23 quarterback hits is pretty good, and he's got a, a pretty – Pretty steady pace on sacks last year, 12 and a half. I mean, the last four, three years, he's had, you know, over 30 plus, you know, sacks. So he's, you got to like the sack floor that he has. Yeah, the sack floor definitely helps make up for a little bit of the the tackle floor that he does not seem to to possess. Um, yeah, we're talking about Miles Garrett right now, like I said, number four on our, both of our consensus list. Yeah, I mean, for me, it comes down to the auxiliary stats. So when I look at him in the ID, ultimate IDP index, <clears throat> one, his highest season of impact plays 
was 2018, and that was 22. And 22 is is good, but that's not. I mean, we were talking earlier, we were, you know, about T.J. Watt, who had 33 and 36. So, you know, just that alone right there, that's a, a big discrepancy. That's a big discrepancy in impact plays from ceiling to ceiling. So you're talking about Miles Garrett as a ceiling right now, a known ceiling of 22 impact plays. And we know that T.J. Watt has a known ceiling of 36 impact plays. So, you know, the ceiling's a little bit lower and then you look at other guys like we just mentioned, Chase Young and Mile, and uh, Montez Sweat, who we're going to bring up soon. 22 impact plays from Chase Young. We had 22 impact plays this last or two years ago from Nick Bosa. And we had 23 impact plays, for, 22 impact plays from Montez Sweat this year. So all three of those guys have the same impact play upside that we know as Miles Garrett. But Miles Garrett's been in the league three more seasons than them. So that shows me, that kind of tells me that there's more upside. Now, Miles Garrett has had a bit of um, a checkered situation. You know, he missed some time because of injury. He missed some time because of, you know, getting kicked, or, you know, what's the right word here? Suspended uh, for attacking another uh, uh, a guy, which is fine. You know, it's football, you know, a little rough housing. No one really likes Trey May- or Mason anyway, Rudolph. I was, you know, as a Steelers fan, I was honestly wishing that Rudolph would get suspended. <laughs> Uh, but anyway so you know and and last year too he had he uh he actually had COVID he missed a couple games because of that and um, he came back and he said you know he he, it drained him of energy for for weeks after so you know that's something to kind of factor into for his end of season you know results Mm -hmm. yeah and I mean it's just and the quarterback hits too. I mean, he's putting up 18, 18, 18, 29. Yeah, 29, 2018. But then again, you look at some of these other guys, Nick Bosa, 25 as a rookie, you know, Montez Sweat, 20 this last year. Chase Young, only 12, which I find really interesting about Chase Young. But I think that'll obviously come up a little bit. But I don't know. There's just, I just have some more questions about Miles Garrett. You know, I know as a player and as a physical human being specimen, as a social media sort of icon, he definitely has the. He has everything going for him. He's got the Browns fandom. Um, you know, he's got a lot of things going for him. But in actual ID fantasy football, I am not as high as him as I once was. So that's why he comes at number four for us uh, in our early rankings here. So we'll move on to player at number five. So at number five, this is the first time where we don't have any, either of us really have decided. This guy is actually there on consensus. But my number five is Montez Sweat. Joe's number five is Darius Smith, but our actual consensus number five is DeForest Buckner. Now, DeForest Buckner, for anyone who doesn't know, he's you know he's coming up before Aaron Donald in the defensive tackle position. Um, that might rub some people the wrong way, but it, it really comes down to the tackle floor that he provides. You know, DeForest Buckner is pushing up to about 60, 65 tackles a, a season. Aaron Donald's barely sniffing uh, 45 a year-ish. So in, and as a, a boom-bust interior lineman, that position, um, I want to go with the guy who's going to have more every week versus the, the guy who has a, a similar ceiling. You know, the, the ceiling between Aaron Donald and DeForest Buckner is not that different. Um, and actually, I'm just going to go. So if you're lo- looking right now, if you're on the YouTube, which I recommend you watch, uh, we're looking at DeForest Buckner's 2020 season. 58 tackles, 9.5 sacks, 17 impact plays, 10 tackles for loss, points per game, 14.6. Now I'm going to pull up Aaron Donald's 2020 season. 45 tackles, 35 or 13.5 sacks, 20 impact plays, 14 tackles for loss, 14.1 points per game. So on a points per game basis, DeForest Buckner outperformed Aaron Donald last year. Yes, Aaron Donald had more impact plays by three. Yes, he had more sacks by four. But he was uh, a good 12, 12 and a half tackles behind uh, DeForest Buckner. And that makes a difference, you know. Um, and the, the style of impact plays they're making makes a difference, too. And the quarterback hits make a difference. So at the end of the day, this last year, DeForest Buckner had a better season than Aaron Donald. He's got the higher floor than Aaron Donald. He's younger than Aaron Donald. Uh, and I, he's still an ascending talent in my mind. It's crazy to me. I look at his career, no all pros, which is insane, you know, but Aaron Donald's a shoe in every year for all pro defensive tackle. So shame on whoever's not voting uh, DeForest Buckner into the all pro team. But what are your thoughts on DeForest Buckner? I know you're high on him as well. Well, yeah. And, and actually, I was just looking it up what you're saying. Um, last season, Aaron Donald had nine games where he scored under double digits. 
per game. Um, and DeForest Buckner only had, see, two, three, four, five, and two of them were nine and a half. So his floor is a lot better. Sure, when when Donald hits, you know, it's it's going to be a pretty pretty damn big game. But per game basis, DeForest Buckner last year was was just slightly better. And and yeah, I I think his floor is is so much higher than Donald's that that just slightly edges him over Donald for me. And and that's what you want out of that position, especially defensive lineman, because you know a lot of weeks you don't want that, you know, like Donald has you know sixty two snaps in a game and, and put up zero zero points in fantasy. So that's that's not what you want. But when he goes off, he makes up for it. Yeah, put that in your pipe and smoke it, haters. Yeah. But yeah, though that tackle floor is nice. And then I mean, outside of I mean, which I think we have three in a row. Uh, they're all three interior linemen, you know, with Buckner, Garrett, and Aaron Donald. So that's pretty impressive that these guys are this impactful from the inside. It's kind of kind of rare, but we're starting to see it a little more often now, too, at the same time. Yeah, some. All right, so let's just talk about him. Our next guy on the list is Aaron Donald. Um, you know, we've kind of already brought it up. We all, I mean, I don't want to, I don't need, I don't need to gas up Aaron Donald. Everybody else does that. You know all about Aaron Donald and how he's defensive player of the year this year, even though it was one of his statistically worst seasons of his entire career. But they won't tell you that. But, yeah, yeah he's just a shoe-in for a defensive player of the year. No big deal. Um, draft him if you want. That's great. He's a good defensive tackle. He's my defensive tackle, too, behind DeForest Buckner. He's 29 years old. They did just change up their defensive coordinator again, but he's been successful through multiple defensive coordinators and coaches, so I don't have any concerns about that. Again, with with Donald, what you're getting is uh, pretty much the hopes of double-digit sacks, uh, the the promise of 12 to 20 tackles for loss, and you know 20 impact plays, but you're looking at a guy who's probably never going to break 50 tackles in his career. So the floor will be lower. If you do draft him, make sure you build your defensive line with some guys like Harold Landry, um, Sam Hubbard, that can balance out the boom-bust nature of Aaron Donald with a solid uh, tackle floor. So any any more words on on Aaron Donald, the reigning defensive player of the year? Yeah, he's uh, he's overpriced. I mean, you see him in fantasy drafts and leagues. It's just the, too much. I mean, you have to get him so early. And for what you're getting, you can get much later in drafts with, you know, Zadarius Smith and, and guys like that. So there's, in my opinion, there's no reason to pay up for him. But if you're a fan and, you know, he's who you want, go ahead and reach for him. But you can get guys a, a lot later that overall throughout the season put up very similar numbers. Yeah. And I mean, I am kind of talking a little trash on his tackle floor. He has hit 59 uh, in 2018 but 2018 is like the year everybody like everybody thinks that Aaron Donald's every year was 2018 when he had 20 sacks 60 tackles 25 tackles for loss like that's what I think everybody thinks we're just living in this perpetual bubble of and the reality is his production I mean the pressures are there all that I mean he I'm not saying he's not amazing I'm saying he's not what he has been and if you just look at the stats um he's just He's not putting up what he used to, and he just got a defensive player of the year as essentially his second worst year of his career. So whatever. Moving on. Number six on our list. Oh, this is actually number seven. Speaking of which, we're going to take a quick break. What's good, IDP Army? It's Jordan Reigns, and quickly I want to tell you guys today about the big project I've been working on, the Ultimate IDP Index. The Ultimate IDP Index is the number one resource for IDP fantasy football players, rookies or veterans for 2021. Inside, you're going to find contract information, tiered IDP rankings, detailed player production profiles going back to 2017, suggested trade values, and a whole lot more, including unique write-ups, unique videos that will only be available within the Ultimate IDP Index. But to me, probably the most valuable thing is the fact that the trade value estimation tool is going to be updated weekly. So you'll always be aware of what a player is worth in your dynasty league at any given moment. 
So what are you waiting for? Sign up for the IDP Army Patreon today. Patreon.com forward slash the IDP Army. Join the Black Ops tier and join the IDP Army today. We are back. Shout out to the Patreons. Shout out to the Ultimate IDP Index. I am pulling information straight off of that because I use it all the time because it's an incredible tool. And if you play IDP Fantasy Football and you don't have it, you need to go get it. So sign up for the Patreon. We would appreciate having you there. Uh, Joe, you're using it. What do you think about it so far? I love it. It's quick, easy to use, and it's it's pretty accurate. And I like all the... Pretty accurate, he says. Yeah, <laughs> here. And I like that you can kind of click on the player, you know, and kind of get a quick snapshot of the player profile. Um, that's super helpful for me. Yep. Yep. It is. It, it shows you, you know, what a player does, what they don't do. It gives you an idea of what kind of player you are drafting. And <clears throat> the next guy we are actually going to talk about is a, an interesting player, a unique player coming in for us at our number six spot. We have Joey Bosa, um, you know, Everybody knows who he is. He came in a couple of years ago, set the league on fire. The injury issues always seem to be the thing with him. People like to bring up and it affected him again this year. He only played 10 games, but in 10 games, he still managed to put up 15 tackles for loss. That's more than Aaron Donald did this last year. 39 uh, tackles, which is a, one of the things you love about Joey Bosa is his tackle floor is super high. Impact play 17. Now you, you look at that and you think, wow, that's incredible. Well, you, I just said he had 15 tackles for loss, right? So most of Joey Bosa's impact is coming behind the line of scrimmage. So when you look at another player, and that's something you see when you look at the Ultimate IDP Index, you know, you when you look at other players, you get, you know, you get the, the production profile breakdown and you're able to see, you know, how does this player score? Where is he scoring? When you look at Joey Bosa's production profile, he scores in three primary categories, uh, four really, sacks, solos, tackles for loss, and quarterback hits. He does almost nothing in the assist department. He does almost nothing in the pass deflection department. I Actually, one of my the funniest stats of the whole NFL, I think, is how Joey Bosa has two pass deflections in his entire career. Like, in his entire career, dude's played 63 games, and he's only managed to put his hands up and bat down two balls. That's that's That tells you that when you're statting him out, when you're projecting him for, you know, his plays – He's not going to do that. Like I can say that Joey Bosa will not bat a pass. That's a good bet, you know. And then you go look at a guy like Aaron Donald. You know, nothing crazy, but he's got twelve. Even his brother Nick, Nick, who's played one season in the NFL, fourteen games, has two pass deflections. So when you look at these production profiles, you're able to look at different players and say, okay, this skill set I can attribute to this player. This skill set I cannot. So Joey Bosa, while he does look really, really good on paper, and he does score points. If his points aren't coming in certain spots, they're not coming. So that's my only cautionary tale with Joey Bosa. That's why I have him a little bit lower than I really believe he probably should be. He's at seven. Um, on a week-to-week basis, he scores points per game, one of the highest in the league. But again, for Bosa, it comes down to availability. We know he has struggled with injuries. He has only played one complete or two complete seasons in the NFL he has played five seasons in the league. So that's always been an issue. And I think it's just going to be something you're kind of going to have to deal with. But when Joey Bosa plays, he's a top five defensive lineman, defensive end every single week. He's got a tackle floor that is crazy. He's had 70 tackle seasons, 67 tackle seasons. So he's able to make up for the fact that, you know, maybe his impact plays aren't coming all over the field, but he's getting consistent tackles. He's getting consistently behind the line of scrimmage and getting you your sacks. Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on Joey Bosa this year? Where uh, He's our consensus seven, and I think you have him uh, on your actual rankings. You have him down at 10, so you're a little lower on him than I am. Yeah, strictly because of the fact that he is kind of just one-dimensional. They, you know, his disruptiveness is behind the line, and that's it. I mean, he does not drop back in the coverage hardly at all. When he does, you know, uh, it lasts like 20, 2019, his passer rating was 118.7 when he dropped back. So he's, he's not doing that. And he misses tackles. I mean, last season he missed 13, you know, let's see, six missed tackles, nine the season before. So in two years he's had 15 missed tackles. So that's that's points he's leaving out there that, you know, you, you want. Um, but he is elite still, like, like you said. But, yeah, there, there's some more guys that I think that 
are, are more well-rounded. And then also you factor in that injury, you know, history that it's a thing now. I mean, he's been in the league five years and he's only played two full seasons. So I feel like that's kind of, kind of something that you can, you know, have some substance to. Um, but he is, he's a lot of fun to watch, but yeah, like you said, there's, there's really only one thing he's after and that's the quarterback or, uh, you know, maybe a tackle behind the line. Yep. So, and yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a top 10 guy. He'll probably has a chance to finish. He has a chance to finish top three, top four, especially if the sacks fall his way. Finally, his biggest sack season has uh, 12 and a half. So if he can get a little higher, you know, he can get 15, 16, 17. And with this extra game, we are going to see guys get higher numbers just in general. Um, and Joey Bosa is the kind of guy that takes over a game. So he could get a late, you know, week 17, three sack game, four sack game that puts him over the top. So, yeah, I, I love him. Uh, you know, we're a little lower on here. Consensus, he's our defensive end seven. Um, for you for 10, he's 10 for you. He's six for me overall. Well, and I just wish, you know, it's hard to knock on him just for that. But like the, you know, Los Angeles or Chargers, yeah, Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, they, they're just, they just are not a good team to manage, you know, their defense. They, they just waste so much talent, I feel like. And I really, I would, I would love to see him somewhere else. It's basically what I'm saying. I think he would, he would even perform at a higher level if he were on another team. Yep, you're agreed. All right. So coming in at number eight for us, we have Montez Sweat. Montez Sweat's one of my favorite players. Wrote about him last year. He was one of my favorite players coming out of that class uh, with Josh Allen, Max Crosby, and all them. Um, yeah, I mean, he's kind of underrated in my opinion. Although people are kind of catching on because. He's playing next to Chase Young. Chase Young's got the bigger name, right? But when you, you really get down into it, you know, he played about 80, 80 something, 80, 80 less snaps, I believe, than Chase Young did. He scored more points than Chase Young. He does. This is one of my favorite things, auxiliary stat wise, is pass defended, passes defended. He actually gets those. He had five this year. And, you know, three of them directly led to interceptions. Uh, one of them he caught and took back for a touchdown, and then one he batted up, and Deron Payne got an interception, and another one he batted up, and John Bostic got an interception. So these are really meaningful plays, you know, and this is not like a, you know, we're not like indicting Joey Bosa, but when it comes down to an all-purpose defender, a guy who can do it all, Montez Sweat, in my eyes, is a guy who's who's really ascending, Um you know, and I have him higher in my rankings than our consensus. I actually have him right above Joey Bosa. I think that his career trajectory is looking good. I think that the the price that you have to go to get him right now is always going to be suppressed because he's playing next to Chase Young. And because of that, you need to go capitalize ASAP because there's no reason to wait around on guys. That's, that's one thing, I a sentiment that I could not get behind last year was, you know, I kept hearing people say, well, I want to see Shaq Barrett do it again. I want to see Shaq Barrett do it again. I'm like, he's like 26 years old. You know, he's a 26, 27-year-old pass rusher, and you just saw him do it. So what are you what are you waiting for? You know, you're going to miss another good season just to see him do it? Okay, and then what's it going to – what's the cost of acquisition after two good seasons? You know, you have to believe in something eventually. So Montez Sway, if you need to see it again – Guess what? As someone who's holding a lot of Montez Sweat, I'm not giving him to you if anything happens again. He's going to be on my team forever, just like TJ Watts on all my teams forever. So, that's, yeah, that's- and, and like you're saying, he's there's still people that don't know that he's they don't think of Montez Sweat as a top ten, top fifteen guy, but he is. Uh, yeah. You, the name isn't there, but the, the the production is. And if the time is to get him, because once you get Montez Sweat, you will never really sell him or you shouldn't because you'll never get what he's worth because he's not that big name. Um, and then the only reason that he was a little lower on my list is, you know, with what Washington's doing, they have a lot of studs. So there's a lot of guys, a lot of mouths to feed on that defense. That's the only thing that was keeping me from, from ranking him just a little bit higher. But yeah, you, you know, you go ask a lot of people that do play IDP, you know, who, who put up more points, you know, Montez Sweat or Chase Young. Most of them are going to say Chase Young. And, and, you know, it's just, it's not the case. Yep. Amen. Amen, brother. All right. So let's go ahead and keep it rolling. Next on the list after Montez Sweat is another guy that's uh, uh, pretty new in the league. A lot of people like Brian Burns coming in at number nine defensive end for the Carolina Panthers. 
uh, really came on strong last year after a, a, a up and down rookie season. Really, um, the thing I like about Brian Burns is is not just him, but it's his whole team. The whole the whole Panthers team just seems to be trending the right way. They don't seem like they're in a big rush to get there necessarily. Um, nine sacks for Brian Burns, twenty one quarterback hits this last year. Those are good. Um, and one of the things I really like about him is the tackle floor. You know, I feel like we've kind of circled back to the tackle floor conversation a couple of times now, but 58 tackles this last year, you know, and I said 50 is kind of an elite threshold. 58, he was pushing up into that, close to that 60, and he only started 14 games last year, played in 15. So he could have and should have passed that 60 marker. Um, So Brian Burns, for me, is an ascending talent, a guy who most people know who he is. He flashed, especially when Jeremy Chan, I feel like they had that young thing going last year. But Brian Burns, for me, definitely a top 10 guy this next year. I don't really see a world where he can fall under that, especially with the kind of the safe floor that he has. Um, What are your thoughts on Brian Burns? No, you you hit the nail on the head. And he's got with his tackle floor, he's still got room to to increase that last year. You know, he, he missed a game. He, he, he didn't even – one game he didn't start even. Um, and, and I liked, too, last year that he had four pass deflections and three forced fumbles. So he's he's pretty disruptive. He's not just a tackle monster. He's also making pretty big plays for his team, and I think he's only going to get better. Yep, and that's what you're looking for. You know, you want to get these guys as they're breaking out, not after a breakout or during – I mean, I guess you can kind of get a guy during a breakout, but – yeah, I mean, Montez Sweat, or not Montez Sweat, Brian Burns, he and Montez Sweat were two guys I wrote about last year on Dynasty Nerds that I said, is after their rookie seasons, when everybody had eyes for Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, I said, these are guys you could probably sneak in, and we're going to see their value go up. And here we are, you know, into this show, and I haven't heard Max Crosby's name, Josh Allen's name come up. Uh, Nick Bosa has managed to, even though the injury got him, stay pretty high in everybody's rankings. So, um, yeah, Brian Burns, let's just, you know, throw out some theoreticals here. I've got him in the index right now as as a buy and someone I'd be willing to give a second second round plus for, you know, plus being uh, a throw in piece of some type. Does that seem fair to you or what are your thoughts on Brian Burns? Is that a little higher? Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. I think it's going to be tough to get that just because a lot of people aren't as intrigued on him as they should be. Um, he's not quite a, a name yet, but the production's there and he should be. Um, so at, at this point, it's the time to buy him because of that. You can get him for a lot less than that, I think, but he is worth that. Really? Hmm. Especially nice. from, from a lot of, standpoint of in a lot of IDP leagues, even if these people have been playing for a few years, some some managers have an issue like figuring out they undervalue IDP, especially yep. at the defensive lineman position. So it's a lot easier to get these guys when you you know you're offered an offensive player and, and they're not valuing the defensive lineman as they should. So you could probably get this guy, I would I would almost bet for someone like Jamison Crowder, you know, or Cole Beasley. I bet you could easily get you know, get, get this production. Um, and he will, he will, you know, his, his value will go up or his uh, name will go up because he's going to produce for, for several years to come. I'm sure. Yeah. You kind of brought up a, something we can venture off in here quickly is, you know, managers undervaluing their IDP players or overvaluing certain IDP players they may have. For instance, you know, I feel like people overvalue Derwin James relative to other players you can get for much less, you know. But Brian Burns is a player that, like you said, I think people maybe will feel like they can replace that production. But I really don't think you know what you're trying to replace if you think that, you know, because the one, the tackle floor that he has exhibited is extremely high. There's only a very small handful of defensive linemen who can push up into that number um, with any sort of expected consistency, I guess. Um, and also provide you with elite sack upside. Uh, Brian Burns is one of those guys. And if you, you know, I, I hear this a lot from guys, especially people who've played IDP for a while. You know, there's this very, it's, it's arrogance kind of where it's like, well, I'll just fl- I just flip all my IDP guys and I just stream everybody. I'm like, okay, but, you know, we've talked about this, you and I many times, it's like your streaming positions, guys that they're going to put up close to, the similar production. If you're getting minus two points of production 
per every IDP slot that you're playing and you're playing 11, do the math. That's you're averaging a minus 22 against everybody uh, in your projections, right? You're not telling me that the two or three offensive players that you added to your team are going to add 22 points to what you're going to get this next week. You might bump up your projections four to six a week, but you're sacrificing more than I think you realize. Um, and I think a lot of people just overestimate their ability to stream guys. It's like, oh, I'll just stream every, every, and I, you know, IDP people will talk about streaming all the time. I'll just stream the position. Especially I've, defensive line. Yeah. And I think that might be a position you could maybe get away with it a little bit more, but you, at some point, you want to have starters in your starting lineup, right? Like, that's what I try to do personally. I like having really great players in all my starting spots. I don't like streaming any positions. Um, so I've never, I've always felt like streaming was more of a, um, a, a, t- a headline grabber. You know what I mean? Like, oh, stream, you know, people I hear, I hear, especially, I mean, no shade at the ballers, but sometimes I hear them talk about streaming guys like Ryan Tannehill. And I'm like, Ryan Tannehill, what do you mean? He's streaming right into my starting lineup week one. Yeah, he's, he's, he's rostered. Folks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, where, what world is this that the, where these things happen, you know? Yeah. Where you but, I just- mean, streaming is a, for me, it's a contingency plan. It's not, it's not my, my plan A, you know, it's a good plan B. And, and being able to do that is a, is a, a way to have an advantage if you're good at it, but it's, it shouldn't be your, your plan from the get go at all. It's yeah. a great That's success a- for failure. Yeah, way to way to prepare to lose. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. That's, that's a good point. All right, well, let's move on past Brian Burns. Our number ten consensus overall guy is Zadarius Smith. You know, guy kind of gets perennially forgotten about, um, but is one of the league's best pass rushers. Anyone in Green Bay will tell you that. Tackle floor is a little bit lower than you'd like, but with his ability to consistently produce, get behind the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, like I call him the silent assassin here in my little write-up on him in the index because you really never hear about him, and then, boom, he shows up, and he's just – somebody's on their back. Four forced fumbles this last year, which doubles his entire career total, which he had four previously before that. He did put up past 50 tackles this year. Huh, I didn't really realize yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's back-to-back years too. Um, so, And I think what really keeps his you know name out of people's mouths is just he's in Green Bay. And no one talks about Green Bay's defense positively. So I feel like that that's one thing that's kind of keeping his his name, you know, a little lower on people's list than he deserves because he is he's putting up the numbers. He's he's there. Yeah, like you said, it's nobody says anything positive about the Green Bay defense. All people want to talk about is Aaron Rodgers and is Devontae Adams. Um, well, and, and you look too. I mean, he's getting you know not just solo tackles too. I mean, he's able to to get some assists, which is pretty pretty surprising from from a guy like him in his position. You don't you don't usually see that a lot. No, you're right. You know, he he really is doing a little bit more than I thought. 18 impact plays this year. That's a career high, or 20. Sorry, 18 the year before. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got him as a buy right now in the ult- in the in the index, and I've got him as a, a second round pick as far as a rookie pick, does that seem fair to you? Does that seem a little heavy handed or? No, I, I think it's fair. Uh, but like I said, this is a guy where you, you shouldn't, you probably won't have to pay that at all, but that is what he's worth. That's what I would sell him for. Um, but buying, you know, he is the name that, that you can get for a lot less. I, I would think. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We need to make a, you know, everybody wants to talk about trades, you know, we need to do a, a Kelly blue book. You know, there's the dealership price. If you're bringing him in to me, there's yep. the price I'm pushing him back out to you. Yeah, which is hey, more, which is higher. Yeah, which is higher. You sell them to me for 10, I'll sell them to you for 20. And then Sticker there's this immediately goes up, but as soon yeah. as he drives off the as soon as he drives off the lot off my roster. He's old, busted. Yeah. Plummets. But you know, if you want to do a deal with the guy, you know, at the gas station at 7-Eleven, you know, you guys can maybe work something out too where everybody wins. I'm not a those everybody wins trades. Yeah. Not not for me. <laughs> I like winning. Yeah, we could do a, easily do a host poll show on that. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, people are wild in the trade world. Wild. <laughs> it's not even just wild in the trade world. It's wild some of the shit people talk in trade world. Oh, well, coming from the godfather of shit talking for trades. <laughs> My God. Well, I mean, I, some of the your, stuff like don't eat Your it. go-to line is, hey, bro, what do you want for this guy? And then, you know, I, I give you an idea and you say, I don't want him. He's shit anyways. Why do I want him? <laughs> 
he's terrible. And then you send an offer anyways. Yeah, but then six months later, you trade him for me for that price because I planted a little seed in your brain. You did get Montez Sweat from me this year, which yeah. was uh, was surprising. Although, I mean, Fred Warner, I know you're low on him, so I think I got him at a pretty good price. Fred Warner is the most <laughs> special linebacker in the NFL. I'll leave yeah, that. See. That's where we differ, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what what is there to see another LB two season for him? Yeah, that that wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, I mean, line him up. <sighs> All right, who we got next? After Zadarius Smith, we got Daniil Hunter. Okay, guys, this is a little bit tough because Daniil Hunter hurt his neck last year, like degenerative disc, something. I don't know. It was a really weird situation. He ended up not playing. Um, everybody loves to deal Hunter and there's nothing not to love except for he only has three pass deflections in his career. Um, his highest impact play total is 23. Again, we brought up earlier that TJ Watt has back to back over 30 seasons. Um, 70 combined tackles. Now, that is the thing that makes Daniel Hunter money in IDP. Because like we said earlier, there are only a handful of guys that can really even push into that 50 area. There's even smaller group that can get up to 70. Daniel Hunter did it in back-to-back years in 2018, 2019. That's Joey Bosa. That's him. That's um, Sam Hubbard kind of territory where you're getting up there with your efficiency at tackles and you're offering upside other places. Oh yeah, well, his tackle floor to be to have that tackle floor and to have that sack floor is is very very rare. That's what I mean. I think we have him probably a little lower than we should. After I looked at the rankings, you know, it's like wow, this guy could easily be a top five at the end of the year. But you know, he's he's kind of fallen out of our minds a little bit from missing the entire season. Yeah, I mean, I think eleven is appropriate ish. You know. The, if if he has a season where the the sacks don't come, you know he does have the he does have the tackles to get you a, a reasonable season, but the impact plays for him are just really not there. You know and they all come like Joey Bosa, they're tackles for loss. He's got six forced fumbles in his career. He's played in the league five seasons, uh, three pass deflections. So you know you're not getting anything over there. So what do you I mean? The guy's got he's got two touchdowns and three pass deflections. Like he's almost like. How do you project either of those? You know what I yeah. mean? He's got a safety too. So he has, so it's just like the, what he does is just so sporadic in those other departments. You can't really project much happening there. So you can get <laughs> yeah. the tackles for loss, which 21 and 15 the last two years. So what's that? It's going to average him out to about what? 17. And let's give him three other ones. 20. That's on a great season for him. He's going to have 20 impact plays. There's just other guys that are going to do that. Now, again, the tackle floor is higher, but you know, what, what if, things change you know and we've seen players go from high numbers like that um Khalil Mack who was not on this list he actually came in as our, our consensus I think 13 or 14 but you know when he played for the Raiders he was almost like a similar profile to Daniel Hunter you know 70 tackles and 12 to 14 sacks and then he goes you know to the Bears which again was a little bit different but he's just not the same player like he doesn't put up those kinds of numbers anymore he puts up like 50 and nine or 10 now, you know, and some guy, and it doesn't mean he doesn't get the same amount of pressure. doesn't mean he's not affecting the game the same. It's just something's just not clicking the way that it was. Something around him was a little bit different. Maybe he is focusing on the pass for us more because of an injury or something. And we don't know what Daniel Hunter is going to come back with this neck thing. We don't know. So there is a level of concern there. And I think that's why we have him as a low end defensive lineman, defensive end one this year. Uh, these are early rankings again. If everything's coming out of camp positively, trending the right way, um, you could see him come up a little bit in both of our rankings, I think. But I'm for right now, I feel comfortable at 11 and I'm avoiding him. I don't have him on any rosters, I don't really want him on any rosters, if I'm being completely honest. Um, if you could, I didn't realize I, he was so young, he's uh, he's only 26. I feel like Daniel Hunter's been around for feels like eight, nine years. Yeah, well, he has been around since 2015, so that's a while. Yeah. So, any parting thoughts on old Daniil Hunter here? Um, no, I'm, I'm kind of with you on the avoiding. Um, he is he does intrigue me. Um, I, I actually have hit up plenty of fantasy managers of his because 
when you have a player that missed an entire year, a lot of times you can get them pretty cheap because um, they, they're kind of, what have you done for me lately? And a lot of times fantasy managers want to move on from a guy after a year where they got nothing out of them. Um, so if you can get them for the right price, yeah, I, I definitely would, would go out and, and do that. But um, yeah, I wouldn't really, if, if they're off, you know, what really, I, I don't know that I would give up a third rounder for him. So yeah, it'd have to be a pretty, pretty good value to, to go at him. But yeah, it could pay off huge if he's healthy. Um, he, he could pay off big time. This is a buy low. This is a buy low. I've got him as a yeah. second plus right now in the index. So third, second plus. And again, you are the one taking on the risk. You're taking on upside, but you're also taking on risk with him. So Well, yeah. and think, uh, for me, I try to think, all right, if I'm going to give up a second rounder for this guy, you know, where, where would I be looking at in that second round? So my second round in a lot of leagues this year, I tried to get Micah Parsons. You know, so a lot of people think that's a little early, but so what if would I trade Micah Parsons straight across for Daniel Hunter? No, I wouldn't. I would rather have Micah Parsons. So that's kind of how I look. I don't just now if it's a future pick where you have no idea where you're going to land and you don't know much about that future draft, that that's a more, little more reasonable. But if it's this year's draft, I, I think that's a little high for me for for him. Yeah, fair. And it's, it's rookie season. It's rookie fever season. So the oh, yeah. seconds they're going to be, they're more expensive now. And like you said, we're putting names on them now. They're not just. Yeah, tickets. when you don't apply names to a rookie pick, it's much easier to get that rookie pick. But once there's a name applied to it, it, it you know, the, the value goes up. Yeah. The reason I have them in the index is because it's, you know, it's it's like money. You know, money is just a medium between an exchange of goods and services. That's kind of how I view picks in fantasy because a pick isn't worth shit. I mean, it doesn't score you any points, but it can get you a guy that scores points in different ways. So and it fluctuates in value, kind of like money does. It goes up and it goes down. So that's how I look, especially for offense to defense. It's kind of like changing currencies. So I like to look at it through, okay, he's a second plus. Okay, what kind of offensive players am I paying a second plus for? When I can categorize it like that, then I can look at, okay, these are the players on offense that I view similarly to what I view Daniel Hunter. And then that's a, how I give people kind of trade advice. So I'm like, look, this is a guy that I think is worth a second-ish. You know, I mean, Mike Williams. Mike Williams for Daniel Hunter, that feels okay I'd, sna- I'd smash except that. <laughs> <clears throat> for which one? What side for Hunter? Okay, see, yeah. but to me, I like Mike Williams. I think you know, with 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 well, Herbert there, and he played hurt all last year, and we've seen a thousand, and we've seen ten out of him. If he, if we he, I know, I know, I know, I know, but I'm saying that's what I'm saying. You wouldn't pay more than a second for Mike Williams right now, so Correct. that fits into that conversion. So that's kind of how I do it. But y'all need to check out the IDP index before we get to our number 12 defensive end defensive lineman guy our last one of the early rankings we're going to hit you guys with one more sponsorship what's up IDP army it's your man Jordan Reigns interrupting the show quickly to tell you guys about a new sponsor of the show monkey knife fight if you haven't checked out monkey knife fight yet you're definitely going to do that let me tell you what they have to offer all right monkey knife fight is daily fantasy sports gaming website for casual sports fans that is simple and easy to use and easy to play the users determine which superstars competing for the day's professional sporting events will record more or less than a contest provided. Monkey Knife Fight's daily fantasy prop games play similar to salary cap-based DFS games, but without all the algorithms, the lineups, and most importantly, the sharks. You guys got to go try this at IDP Army, okay? Monkey Knife Fight is like our brand, like the IDP Army brand. It's disruptive, it's forward-thinking, and they are definitely where we play daily fantasy sports you guys should too get started today with a 100 instant match bonus up to 50 dollars if you use the promo code idp army that's only for the first time or new depositors only but hopefully you guys are getting in there winning some money having a good time and make sure whenever you guys get in there and if you do win a little bit of money you know which is what we want you to do take those winnings go sign up at the patreon patreon Com. That'll get you into the IDP Army Patreon, where you can check out the Ultimate IDP Index, the Discord channel, and all that other good stuff. So, IDP Army, you know what to do. Back to the show. We're back, IDP Army. I never left. I don't know about you, Joe. Nope. Nope. Well, number 12, defensive lineman, 
Early rankings, we have Shaq Barrett. Y'all already know that I love me some Shaq Barrett. 57 tackles. You've heard us go on and on about how great tackles are. You know he's got a high tackle floor. Eight sacks. That's basically half of what he had last year. Um, and he still finished as a defensive lineman once. So people are like, oh, he's not going to have 20 sacks. Uh, well, one, no one said he was going to have 20 sacks. And he repeated a, a defensive lineman one, defensive in one season for you without even getting double-digit sacks. 17 impact plays. That's big. I mean, we've kind of gone over that. You know, I would like to see it push up a little bit more, maybe into that, I don't know, 15 to 20 range. But Shaq Barrett did not have the uh, – he didn't have defensive line tag two years ago. So two years ago, if you count up his sacks, he had 36 impact plays. All right, He had six forced fumbles the year before that, uh, two pass deflections. He had an interception, 19 tackles for loss. He did come down back to earth, but Shaq Barrett back to earth with a full repertoire of snaps was still a defensive lineman, one defensive end one in the year 2020. He came in at number 12 with 204 points. That's only two points behind Brian Burns and Harold Landry. And, I mean, honestly, that's only, what, behind the number three overall guy is Aaron Donald. That's only 19 points less than Aaron Donald. So he had a dope season. He's going to have another one. He was one of the first guys that got extended whenever the free agency – he was, like, the first big free agency signing. Um, Goes back to the Bucs. And if you watched – if you watched the Buccaneers play this last year, you know that just because the sacks weren't there does not mean that he was not super impactful. There was three or four plays where he did not get a sack, where he getting to the quarterback just in general caused an interception. Um, I know Davis, Carlton Davis had at least one. I think Humphrey had one or, or, or Dean. And then I think Winfield might have even had one or maybe he did or didn't. Somebody else had one. But there was three different plays I remember watching a season where he got in, did not get the sack, but because he whacked his arm or was right there, an interception happened down the field. So Shaq Barrett is making impact plays all over the field. When some of those do fall back to sacks, he will have, you know, all he needed was two more sacks and he would have been a top five guy this year. So um, at 12, I feel like is a little bit low for our consensus. Uh, I have. Yeah, uh, I had him a little lower than you. I think I had him at 14. See, I only have him one spot above. I only have him at 10, though. I have so only two spots up. So I really am not that much higher on him right now than where he is in our consensus, but I think that he's a guy that could be moving up my board by the end of the, by the end of the off season. Well, and him, you know, Tampa bringing him back was super important to me on my outlook for Shaq Barrett. If they wouldn't have, I would have been a little more skeptical of, of the situation he'd have been in, depending on where he would have went because we saw him play for, for what, five years in Denver. And he had more sacks you know, I mean, a combined, what, he had one good year, five and a half sacks in 2015. Other than that, you know, he, he was almost non-existent. Um, so coming to Tampa, you know, is really where he blew up with 19 and a half and then eight this year. But if he had went somewhere else, I probably would have been, uh, I've probably been a little more skeptical of, of him and, and not knowing the unknown of how he would perform there because no one saw Shaq Barrett doing what he's done in Tampa these two years, in my opinion. No, and that's part of the reason why he was faded last year by everybody. The narrative around him was poo-poo on him um, is because nobody saw it coming. Uh, but if you bought in, you got another you got another top 12 defensive lineman season out of the guy, um, which is that's all you want. You know what I mean? Like, what more do you want from a guy? Um, sure, he didn't have 20 sacks. No one thought he was going to have 20 sacks. So, But I, I bet he'll have more than eight this next year. Um, now I'm looking at some of his metrics here in the Ultimate IDP Index. I've got a couple of tweets here from Seth Walder. He's talking about, you know, Barrett as an edge this season. His pass rush win rate was 10th out of 46 based on the uh, the outlines that he had. His run stop win rate was 17th out of 40. Um, eight sacks, That's uh, and he had nine sacks created. So, I mean, he was doing a lot, and that's, you know, turnovers created as well, like I said, to the, to the, uh, the interceptions that he caused or forced. So, He's going to be a great player for you this year. Again, he's probably going to finally be at a price where he should have been probably for a while now. But at a, you know, at what is he 27, 28? He's 28. He's got meat left on the bone. I mean, you're looking at three, four more years of high level production if he stays healthy and assuming he doesn't get lazy now that he's been paid. So 
Well, and the way his contract's structured, he's going to be in Tampa for a minimum of three years. There so, I mean, I, I kind of expect this for three years. He's the minimum that he's yeah. going to be pretty, pretty, pretty elite. Can't understate, you know, that Indomitian Sue is on that interior. That does help everybody always. I don't know how long he'll be around for. Vita Vea, in his own right, is a, a unique special defensive tackle as well. So, yeah, I mean, they're set up with playmakers on that team. They'll probably draft more. They'll be bringing in more guys. As long as they stay good, guys will want to play there. So, we already know that. So, that rounds out our top 12 defensive ends, defensive linemen. Y'all, I'm going to read them back to you real quick. Before that, make sure you go like, subscribe, and review the podcast. We'd super appreciate it. Share it with somebody. IDP is growing. If you follow me on Twitter, you've seen that I've been tracking the percentage of leagues in Sleeper that are IDP-based since the start of the season, and we're up from 12% of their overall leagues to 18% now. And that means IDP is growing at a faster scale. There's more IDP leagues being created than regular leagues anymore, Um, and it's catching up i mean we'll never actually catch all the way up but i mean we are pushing into the no longer niche i mean it's becoming part of the mainstream game even if it's a smaller you know roster size three four five getting people in there with what sleepers doing idp is trending the right way guys appreciate everybody who's in the army and in the index right now quickly before we get out of here i'll read our top 12 back to you one more time we had tj watt chase young nick bosa miles garrett deforest buckner aaron donald Joey Bosa, Montez Sweat, Z- Brian Burns, Zadarius Smith, Daniil Hunter, and Shaq Barrett. So we will be back soon with another episode for you. We will be talking about the next 12. So we'll be talking about 13 through 24 defensive linemen. Then we'll be back with the rest of the positional rankings uh, in the next week or two. Appreciate you, IDC Army. Let the rain hit the sand. Build the house on the rock, got a plan. Gotta get stocks, keep them bands. Hear the clock tick, blades on the fan. Used to be mundane on a Monday. Now you have fun day on a Sunday. Cause you switching it up and you living it up. You ain't getting it.